You're listening to episode eight of Daisy Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Wednesday, June 28th. So today is a very special discussion. Um, we are going to be discussing Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. And we have a very special guest with us here podcasting today. Hi, I'm Thea James of The Book Smugglers. Um, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yay, thanks for joining us. We're very excited. Yes, we are. So am I. Um, very excited. So before we start, there's been some drama in the Star Wars world. We thought we would discuss it on this episode, since it's Star Wars related, even though all we ever talk about is Star Wars, really. <laughs> but, that is accurate. So the um, director duo for Han Solo were recently fired, and um, there's been a lot of really weird stuff coming out around that. Yeah, so I... I think the weirdest part of this is that they hired Ron Howard. Yes. To do the reviews. Like, Ron Howard, uh, he's just, it's been so long since I've thought of him as, like, this is so bad. I know he's a director, and he's a serious director, and he's an award-winning director, but he's also Ron Howard. Yes, he's the guy who, you know, narrator voice and arrest. I feel like he's more famous now as a narrator voice and arrested development. Yes. My association with Ron Howard is, like, at Universal Studios, he, like, used to narrate the tram ride. Yeah! Hi, I'm Ron Howard. Oh, my God. Well, but he he did do Apollo 13, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Right. Not exactly an action movie, but but it's a space space. movie. It's a space movie. He doesn't do genre, though, so I'm a little baffled by I mean I'm glad he's doing it and I think he'll do a great job I want to make that clear but I'm just it's just such a random it's been right it's random it feels very random and so and so I've heard some speculation I think like Nancy from I think it was Nancy from um, Toshi Station I saw her speculating and I think I agree that there's no way a director of his caliber would come on board and not have something else in his deal. So, like, did they give him episode nine? Like, kick out no. Colin Trevorrow? I've heard no. that, and it it makes some no. sense. Yeah. I, you, okay, <laughs> so we, you guys can't see us. But <laughs> we all did that, like, pulled back. Ginny Weasley, like, realizes Harry Potter is in her house face. Yes. You know, that, like, yes. Ah! Yes. They both absolutely did that. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't understand him, a director of his caliber coming in, even as a favor to do like, what's basically a cleanup job. Maybe, maybe it's part of that is that he had, Brad Howard's got a great sense of humor and I feel like his sense of humor maybe meshes a little bit more with what Disney wanted out of this movie than what. I'm lo- I'm forget. I, I don't even know their names. I know it's like I was Twenty One Jump Street guys. Yeah, the Lego movie. Did you just guys. call them like Woodward a- and Bernstein? It did. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, no! The Lego Movie guys, Woodward and Bernstein. You know, famous for making the, the Lego. Preeti is I feel like very I tired. Tell you guys, I know that that's not true. Preeti is very <laughs> tired. She just got back from ALA in where Chicago. Oh. Yeah, Chicago. And she's been traveling nonstop. She's I'm very tired. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, I, I just, I think it's, it, the whole thing is odd and weird, and I just don't even know. I, I'm weirdly optimistic, though. I'm, like, I weirdly, like, I feel like there's potential for something really great to come out of it. I don't know if that's just because I have warm, fuzzy feelings about Ron Howard. I'm actually more excited about it now than I was before. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like. Is it? I, is it a necessary movie? I mean, no. Have, I was not like, excited like, about it before you know, at all. Right? Yeah. It's just like, why couldn't we have like you know the Obi Wan movie or something oh, else? Like, right. God, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is all I want. This is all I want out of Star Wars now, except more Luke Skywalker. But like, you know, I just want my standalone Ewan McGregor Obi Wan movie. That's all we want is a standalone Obi Wan movie. Starring Ewan McGregor and not Dan Stevens. Ewan McGregor. Yes. Obviously. And. <laughs> I don't like that. Like, no, we don't. Like, I don't care about this Han Solo movie. No. I'm going to see it. I'll see it opening, you know. Yeah. We'll see it opening course. night. But well, if they didn't make it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if they didn't make it, I wouldn't be sad. 
No. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Donald Glover. I am actually excited, really excited to see Donald yeah. Glover as Lando. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a great Lando. No, totally. I was I was reading this this thing. I think it was on Vox, um, but it was talking about how Donald Glover is like super interesting as Lando, right? But it also kind of pigeonholes him, and like it means he only gets like this one movie, right? He he could have been like. I don't know, Lando's kid in, like, a future episode, and then we'd see more of him. That would have been cool, but... Yeah, but I think any... People said that a lot about Rogue One, too, with the characters, because of all the actors of color who were in it, and then died at the end, but it's the reality is the role exists and the film exists, and so I'm glad he's getting the work in the film that exists instead of the, like, possible potential film that could exist. In like, yeah. yeah, the hypothetical, because now Donald Glover, if they, as Disney is wont to do, spin off this Han Solo movie into literally anything else, he's involved. Yeah. His face is involved. His voice is involved. So that's exciting. Um, I don't want to take away from like what it means to have him in it with the potential for what it could have meant in an imaginary thing, which happens a lot with actors of color sometimes I feel like or you're like no but it's good work now yeah yeah <laughs> just very good. true got it yeah <laughs> um okay so attack of the clones attack of the clones all right does anyone have any interesting memories of seeing attack of the clones for the first time oh I don't I, I don't I don't yeah I, I went to a movie theater yeah right <laughs> I saw it, I'm sure I saw it opening day or at a movie theater, and I think I saw it twice in theater. Preeti, you only saw it once, right? I only saw it once. Um, I think Because this came out oh two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2002, so that was my... It was, and it was December oh two, right? I think so. Mm, I don't remember. I thought it was May for some reason. I thought was the it May was were, 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 were May, yeah. Huh? Because I know then it was at- Phantom Menace was May. Maybe it was oh, May then. Yeah. Yeah, because no, you're right. Because episode three was as well, so it it must so have must been. have been yeah, May. Must have so been I May. Was, like the end of my senior year of high school. Yeah, basically. Me too. I remember watching it in the theater for the first time, and then the second time I watched it, it was in a hotel room in Vegas while my mom was out, like gambling, and I was you know eighteen or something. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to order a pay per view and watch Attack of the Clones again because maybe there's something better. Um, yeah, so that's my memory. <laughs> I literally, like, and it's weird that I can't remember seeing it because it would have been my end of my freshman year in college. So I don't know, I don't remember, I don't remember seeing this movie at all in theater. I Like, I know I, I did because I saw them all, but. I feel like actually I saw it twice because I'm just remembering, like, while we're talking that. I had a friend who had never seen any of the movies when, and I was already in college at this point, maybe I had graduated and, um, he had never seen any of them. So we watched them and he watched them in order, like one, two, three, four, five, six. And we watched them with him. And I just remember, I just remember being like, this is a weird way to do this. Yeah. I did that with a friend as well. And then in a college and her favorite movie of all six was the Phantom Menace. And I was like, I have failed you. <laughs> like as a Star Wars fan, somehow I have failed you. That is so dis. I'm so yeah. Like sorry. I was just like I can't. Like we literally were not as good friends after that. I was like because I couldn't. <laughs> like I was just like I can't. I can't be friends with somebody whose favorite Star Wars movie is The Phantom Menace. That's the line, listeners. Like that is that is my line. <laughs> If I find out your favorite movie is The Phantom Menace, no matter how deep and long our friendship has been, because she was, like, one of my best friends in college, and, like, I feel like that was, like, and we didn't really keep in touch after, and this happens our senior year of college, and I feel like that was the dividing line. Um, I have a confession. I was lying on the entire episode. I was just trying to be cool and fit in with you and Devendra, but I actually really liked The Phantom Menace. I'm sorry, Preeti. That's the end of their sh- this podcast, everybody. We will no longer be um, having no. <laughs> but I guess I guess I would accept it. But no, no I will I, say though, I did. I, I did enjoy this movie. Actually, rewatching this movie, like there were yeah. definitely rough parts, but I actually enjoyed rewatching it a lot more than I thought I would. How about you? I don't- 
I for me, like this is the worst by far of all of the Star Wars movies. Oh, I can't wait. It's it's so much worse than The Phantom Menace for so many reasons. Oh my goodness. Like I love I love like that we get to finally see the clone army. I like like the the political stuff that's underlying, but there is no there's absolutely no saving poor Hayden Christensen performance. It is the worst. The dialogue is the worst. I think my favorite line in the entire thing is Natalie Portman as Padme going, if you follow your thoughts through to conclusion, you will see we cannot be together. And that is a romantic, <laughs> like, tension builder. I and feel every like... time, I just, I crack up every time I hear it. And I, I just can't. I can't with this movie. <laughs> I feel like I, like, actually, I'm looking at my notes right now. I feel like I actually wrote out that line and was like, like, What? Because it's their dialogue is terrible. All right, the romance is bad. Here's the thing: I'm I'm sort of with Sapna in that it's. I I found myself enjoying it more than I thought I was going to, but part of that was I feel that the Phantom Menace, the plot of the Phantom Menace, is like indecipherable. Yeah, sometimes taxation of trade routes. Right, like. I didn't have to pause the movie this time to look up what was going on in the movie I was watching. Yeah. Which I feel like is just like a mild success for the prequels. Well, and like, like I feel like Ewan McGregor, he's great in The Phantom Menace, but he's such a treasure in this movie. He's because so he good. just yeah. doesn't care. Like he's does, just yeah. joyful. He's so happy to be playing this role and he's just like, whatever. It does sort of feel like they're two movies though. Yeah. And the movie that I'm responding to is the Ewan McGregor, like Obi-Wan goes on a spy mission movie, not the creepy romance movie, which is so like creepy. Not creepy great. Wooden romance. It's so yeah. bad. I don't actually remember it being that creepy. I do. But I it's do remember so that. Creepy. I, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like the only thing I remembered about this movie was I truly, deeply love you. You're exactly the way I remember <laughs> you in my dreams. Like, what? No. We're all flailing. I know. So, like, so gross. Oh. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Um, just to, to organize ourselves a little bit. So it starts with an assassination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get introduced, to, we get introduced yeah. to Dooku in the credits, which I thought was yeah. an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or in the opening crawl of the credits. Right. Yes. Um, which I've already forgotten. I mean, I know it doesn't talk about taxation of trade routes, but... <laughs> That's what I wanted, more taxation. Um, I, mean, I don't hate that storyline. <laughs> I think it's important. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the potential of what it is. I just don't think it worked in... No, absolutely the, not. The storytelling didn't work. But the, yeah. the story is good. I think that this movie and The Phantom Menace, I realize that it wouldn't have worked because there's a big time difference, but, like, the seeds that were planted of that storyline in uh, The Phantom Menace, the way they play out with the separatist stuff in this movie, is actually really interesting. And I feel like if they had been able to make, like, pull out that storyline and pull out this storyline and kind of ditch all the Anakin stuff altogether, that would have made a really interesting movie. I agree. Don't. Um, <laughs> I feel like you're giving Disney ideas. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh God. Um, no, I, I totally agree. And like caveat or full disclosure, right? And I think Swapna, this is true of you too. Um, but I like. I'm deeply in love with the Clone Wars series. Oh, Rebels, yes. But yes. Clone Wars in particular, right? Like it gave so much nuance and depth to like everything that could have been the prequel era. And so I think that's kind of colored my retrospective like viewing of these movies again, like especially with um, Phantom Menace, right? Because I don't know, like all of the Trade Federation stuff, all of the separatist stuff, um, the banking clan, like any of those political entities and how they're all sort of intertwined and the complexity they're in. I think that's super fascinating. I think yeah. the animated show does a good job of it. Yeah. However... Yeah. Like being introduced to it for the first time, and you know, it absolutely makes no sense. You're completely right, and I think um, it's too complex almost for one movie. Yeah, oh. I agree. It needed it. It needed seasons and seasons worth of explanation from, quite frankly, writers who know how to write expository um, plotting without 
get like pulling you into the like details of it. Right. And you know, like, the the prequels get a lot of flack for being like, oh, we thought we were getting Star Wars movies, and instead we get like this political like weird, it's, which is not a bad thing. Like, no. being political dramas is not a bad thing. It's more like Lucas didn't know how to make that storyline exciting. No, right, and he did even in this movie. The politics, it's not trade, but it is the relationship of the Jedi to the Republic, the Republic to the Separatists, and the Republic to the clones, right? And it doesn't always make sense, necessarily. Like, I was trying to remember, and we're not, we're throwing any semblance of order out the window right now, because I was trying to remember, (laughs) Yoda says in this movie, um, the Force is our ability to use the force is diminishing. Yeah. And I can't remember if that actually comes up in the Clone Wars TV show or not. I don't think so. And if it is, it's like a blip, right? I don't know that their ability to use the force is diminished, but it's like their ability to sense, like there's so much, there's so much that they can't see, right? I feel like that's a running thread. And then I feel like they maybe really get into it in like that last season. Yes. Yeah, but 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 the way he ta- he literally talks about it as if they're losing the ability to like use the force. Yeah. Which is very different yeah. than what we eventually end up getting. Like there are less force affi- like less children with force affinity born and all of that stuff, but the basic like underlying reasoning of the Jedi like doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. and then early in the movie, um, Mace Windu Samuel L. Jackson says um, there aren't enough Jedi to protect the Republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. Right. And then, like, in the next movie, they're all called general, and they're yeah. all soldiers, and it just, like... Oh, okay. So, here's a... Preeti and I have talked a lot about our feelings on the Jedi and what we think of um, The Last Jedi and Mark Hamill's line, you know, the Jedi are about to end, but what do you think... Yeah. Uh, I think that <laughs> I think that Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker is the last Jedi. And I think that the Jedi will end and that um, Ray represents a new a new hope. Yeah. <laughs> to tie it all back together. One of us. Um so yeah, so that's why I feel like this movie the, the especially it starts becoming really clear in this movie, like the Jedi are terrible. No, they totally are. And the thing that gets me about this movie more than anything else is, right, like, Obi-Wan discovers that Master Sifo-Dyas, right, he's gone to Kamino, he's commissioned this clone army, and, like, the Jedi are like, no, we don't know about that. No one knows about that. Master Sifo-Dyas is dead. And yet, they all just kind of roll with it. Like, Mm -hmm. how how is that a thing? How does that happen? I don't... I feel like it's the same way that when, uh, in the very beginning... They're talking about the assassination attempt, and Mace Windu is like, Count Dooku was once a Jedi. He couldn't assassinate anyone. It's like this weird, they're like weirdly naive about actual Mm -hmm. people and actual like fallibility, which is really frustrating because they're supposed to be these incredible beings who are above everyone, right? Right. But if you just fall into the dark side, then yeah, he could plan like a right. assassination attempt. It's yeah. ludicrous, and like their their entire order is totally flawed, which we see again and again and again and again. Right? Yeah, you see it with Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and how they handle all of that. They see, you see it with how they handle Anakin, and then again with how Obi Wan and Yoda handle Luke. Like it's all flawed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in which case, if that's the basis, which it is in this, even in this movie, you see them making actively bad decisions. Yeah. And I just like, A, clearly they cannot sense the dark side. Like just that, if that movie brings us into stark relief, that they no longer have the ability to sense the dark side. And they really just um, bought into their own myth at this point, it seems. Yes. That's what it is. It's like. People tell you you're hot shit enough, you're going to be like, I am hot shit. Mm-hmm. Drinking the Jedi Kool-Aid, and they're like, this shit is delicious. 
<laughs> it's so true, though. Like, they're just, they're terrible. And you're like, it's full of midichlorians. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that they didn't use the word midichlorians one single yes. time in this movie. Yes. Um, right. But all of that said, the flawed infrastructure, all of that said, it was exciting to watch Obi-Wan and his entire storyline. Yeah. You know, like discovering Jango Fett and discovering the clone army. And like, I did feel like every action sequence, like every chase sequence, every fight sequence was like five minutes too yeah, long. Yeah, I kept being like, are we pod racing again? <laughs> like, really, it did yeah. feel like that could have all been cut down. Just, it was a little self-indulgent. But, you know, even from the beginning when um, it's like a lot of talking, it's a lot of, Anakin brooding and fighting with Obi-Wan. But then when Obi-Wan launches himself through the window, I was like, hell yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Do it up. You know, and that whole like sequence is great. It's so much fun. And it's so fun to like, even with the like tacky car or like ships or whatever. And my favorite exchange in the entire film is the like, can I? Do you want some death sticks? Oh my god! Oh my god! That is, I have that written down. But like, no, I don't want to. You, you don't want to sell me death sticks. You want to go I, home and rethink your life. Oh, it's so good. It's, so it's good. like, it's like a truth commercial inside of a Star Wars movie. It's also, and I, because like Preeti, we've talked about this before, but I have just issues with the way Jedi use their like Force mind control. Yes. And this is like them him actually genuinely using the mind control to do good. Like, I'm like, thank God. <laughs> Versus just, like, get whatever he wants. Truth. I want, like, a short story written about that guy, the guy who's trying to sell him cigarettes, who's like, he's just trying to get by. He's just trying to, like, get money for his next meal. You don't know his life. <laughs> you don't know his life, Obi-Wan. So you, what you're saying is you want, like, a force of destiny short about, about the death sticks guy. guy. About the death sticks guy. That's what I want. Oh, God. I'd watch it. I would. I, mean, I would. If, if they put slot Star Wars in it, I'd watch anything. Like, let's face it. But. Um, and so it was interesting with the Jedi arrogance because Yoda, like, when they're with the younglings, he says, you know, they're too sure of themselves, the older, more experienced, you know, too sure of themselves they are, even the older, more experienced ones. Yeah. Like, when yeah. they're talking about. But then the flip side of that is that, like, that, like, librarian who's like, Oh, if it's not in our archives, it doesn't exist. It's like really. Oh yeah, I loved that. Really like, amazing. Yeah, there's a lot throughout all the Star Wars movies of like missing star systems from maps, and I'm like, there must be a better way to get towards this information. Yeah. Well, I know. also, <laughs> and it goes back to what you were saying, Theo. Like, how did they not like? Because literally, I mean, it's a few years at least between this movie and. Revenge of the Sith, right? And so Yoda yeah. doesn't explore the origins of the clone army and this whole Sifo-Dyas thing until, like, the very last episodes of the Clone Wars show. Does yeah, he, exactly. Like, there's just this ready-made army for you. I mean, you don't have to be a Jedi to be like, there's something not right here. <laughs> you don't need the Force for yeah. that. That's just, like, common sense. Yeah. No, completely agree. But it's it's... It's being comfortable in your position, right? In yeah. your position of power and your, like, Yoda, we know Yoda, like, did not make good decisions. No. The whole <laughs> A Jedi lot Council. of the time. They need more women on the Jedi Council that might have solved their problems. <laughs> Obviously. Well, it's all, well, it's pretty I much just, all dudes. It's all it dudes is, except it, for, like, movie. Luminara, right? Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Ugh. I know. It just, it's so, I know we keep coming back to this because so much of this part of the franchise is, like, buried in bad decision-making on behalf of the Jedi and, like, how it all, maybe not all could have been avoidable. But, so, Dooku doesn't know that Palpatine is Sidious, right? No, I, I don't think so. I don't, he doesn't yeah, know. I'm not, I wasn't, I wasn't clear on that, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think he knows. I think he thinks they're two different people. I think he knows that Sidious has control. I mean, we know he knows that Sidious has control over certain senators, mm -hmm. but I don't think he knows. I'm trying to, it's been so long since I've watched all the Clone Wars all the way through. Yeah. I don't think he knows 
that Palpatine is Sidious. Yeah. That, that, well, maybe not at this point. At this point, not he learns point. it oh, right. in Return, Revenge yeah. of the Sith, obviously. Right. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. By that but point, But not, not here. Um, I mean, the one thing that I get out of these movies, and with Darth Sidious and, and Palpatine in particular, is that guy had, he had a plan. Like, mm-hmm. he, like, cultivated this plan, like... Um, like a motherfucker for like, sorry, I don't know if I can say that, but for for like years and years and years, like he'd been built, like he'd been commissioned an army that's full of like, you know, clones whose heads have chips in them so they can turn on, you know, like in addition to taking over the, the entire Senate and becoming chancellor and fooling everybody, like that guy, he had game. Like that's, that's a long game. He's smart. He's smarter than everyone he is dealing with. Yeah. Like, the only time he loses is because Luke didn't grow up as a Jedi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Luke beats the Emperor by not acting like a Jedi. Yeah. Totally. Like, that's how he wins. And so Palpatine is great. And Palpatine, Sidious, whatever, is great within the context uh, or the construct of the world he knows. Yeah. Where everybody plays by those rules, right? And so, really, the key lesson of Star Wars is to be a rebel, literally, <laughs> and like, fuck any sort of structure. <laughs> I like it. Star Wars anarchy. Yeah. My, my question is, where did Palpatine get the money for this army? Like, do we ever find that out in the Clone Wars? Because I was just probably just, that taxation block. I know. I know. Because <laughs> yeah. it's about it the same to be, time, right? Right? It yeah. has to be. Because yeah, that's a, that was about the time he was ordering this army, right? Yeah, I think well, so. Because yeah. is it ten years apart? It's yeah. a little less, but... It's a little less than 10... Well, Anakin's, what, nine? Anakin says, Anakin no. says in the elevator, he's like, I haven't seen It's been 10 years. years. Yeah. Right, right, okay, right. so if you was, we assume that Palpatine was ordering the clone army. So, but yeah, I guess that's how that they'd the have to be. The aren't... They didn't... Uh, what's the word? Um, uh, accelerate the aging? Accelerate they don't. Growth. No, but that's... They, a, they said or the first round is accelerated. Yeah. yeah. And they said that um like that ten years ago Sifo Diaz had ordered the clones and then Ewan says I was under the impression he died before that. So it's been about like so I think Phantom Menace I, is about when the clone order yeah. was placed. I, I'm trying to figure out, because I thought there was this whole conversation where they were like, we haven't accelerated anything. No, they do specifically accelerate them. They Bo- do. Ex- yeah, Boba it. Fett is the one clone that is not accelerated. That they didn't. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So much jargon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise, Preeti, it would take a lifetime to grow a full-size I clone. know, that's why I was confused. <laughs> um, but so yeah, no. I guess so. I had to come from like I guess the Trade Federation and the banking clan. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think actually the Clone Wars animated series dives into that a lot, Does right? It? Because mm-hmm, with and I like I love these storylines so. Yeah. Much. No, because like I've only watched it once. No, it does. Well, so yeah. there are a lot of episodes that are specifically about, about the banking it. clan and about, about the, the Trade yeah. Federation. Yeah. Exactly. Does it ever and, like, go into how- specifically like the Clone Army stuff? Uh, it does. And it talks about, well, maybe not funding the clone armies, but um, like there's an episode where, you know, Padme had that love interest to like, Dude, she went to yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Anakin beats the crap out of him at one point. Yes. <laughs> well, which is another thing. like yes. red flag, like jealousy. You're the worst, um, like Anakin moment. But um, anyway, that, that one guy, like he, he takes Padme to like visit, I don't know, something on the banking clans, uh, planet. I remember and this. She, right. Yeah. She like hacks into his computer and she yeah. sees that like the coffers are empty. He's used, like all of the credits have been used, um, by the actual, like the, the separatist army and they're building like more droids and they just yeah. keep playing both sides against each other. And it's kind of like this inflationary model, like where no actual capital exists, right? Yeah, yeah, so. that makes sense. 
because um, I I remember that I remember the episode really well. I actually really like that arc. That arc's really good. But um, and it's late in the series. I think it's like it's like season four, right? Yeah, um, I think so. But uh, yeah, I didn't think that maybe it goes all the way back that far. But yeah, absolutely. I think I think he's been planning for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about. So, sorry, I'm coming back to the Force because I'm very confused about all of this. So they say that the Force is diminishing. They're whatever. Ability the ability to use, to use the, the force, force is diminishing because the balance has shifted to the dark side because of the war. I don't think they... Okay, did they say that? Or I was just under the impression that the dark side was clouding everything. That was the, that was the implication I understood because that's why you need balance. Like, balance is necessary. Keeping of the peace is necessary to keep the, the force yeah. in balance. And right. so, I mean, I guess correlation does not mean causation, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, what I understood it to mean was that because of the, the potential conflict, like, Sidious is playing both sides deliberately. He's, he's building a war. He's building both armies. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. he's playing this war specifically to shift the balance to the dark side of the force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, the Jedi getting involved in the way that they do. I don't. Does that? I wonder. And this has totally just occurred to me. But does that fuel the dark side more? Like the Jedi that's, getting involved, yeah. like the light yeah. side getting yes. involved in a war? Yeah, Absolutely. that's what I was trying to like, say. Is like, is that like, contributing further it. to the clouding of the force? Like them? Yeah. The obfuscation of. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, that's what I was trying to get at. Because, like, it doesn't... The reasoning doesn't make sense to me. Because if they truly were about keeping the peace, they would stay neutral. Yeah. And exactly. speak to one side or the other. Because it's not like... You know, in the Clone Wars, they, they paint it as the Republic is the good guys and the Separatists are the bad guys. But then there is that whole episode. That There's that whole episode where they have the Council of Separatists who discuss yeah. why they don't want to be a part of the Republic. And so it's not like the Republic are the good guys and the separatists are the yeah. bad guys. They just the like Jedi, arbitrarily, right. they arbitrarily pick a side because they're trying to preserve the peace without, but it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Right. Well, the end game, right. That's Palpatine's actual end game. It's not just consolidation of power and building an right. empire because he already kind of has that. And he, right. you know, he can play like in the sandbox he's already been given. Like the actual goal is to upend the force and so the dark side is only there and the Jedi are completely wiped out, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, and that totally makes sense. And to take it back to like this episode eight thing, right? Um, so earlier on, the Jedi had all of that power, right? And they were emblematic of like the light side of the force and, mm-hmm. you know, only following that. However, it did lead to corruption. It clouded their vision. It allowed yeah. the other side to happen, right? So going back to the last Jedi, like that balance, right? It needs, yes. to, it needs to use both sides of the force. Yes. Like, there is merit to the dark. There is Which merit to the light. Brings right? us to Rebels, where you have Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller? Nope. Yeah. Ezra yeah. Miller. <laughs> I was going to be like, wait, <laughs> I mean, that's I not right. No. He's Sorry. <laughs> um, wrong franchise. Um, Ezra. Yeah. You have Ezra, who taps into both sides of the yeah. force. And... Yeah. Granted, we have one more season left of Rebels, but that has slowly allowed him to become better, a better person, which people will fight me on. But it's true if no, you look at his no, picture no. art. I agree. Like, yeah. even the end of the penultimate episode of last season, which was the, oh, I think, the best episode of the season, the Obi-Wan and Darth Maul um, duel was balance. Yeah. Right? It ended not in a fight. It ended in an acceptance and a recognition of me of their two goals having a savior. Yeah. In Luke Skywalker. Absolutely. And I so agree. Completely. The entire thing is about that. But Guys, then, we're, we're having some major breakthroughs. And I realize <laughs> I realize that they that that like, you know, chronologically, whatever, that was written way after um, a New Hope, it's just disappointing that Obi-Wan gets to that point and then turns around and, like, trains Luke the way he does. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is where you have to wonder. Obi-Wan, I mean, Obi-Wan trains some, right? He 
he trains yes. Luke a tiny bit. But then bit. again, he decide he does sur- like just surrender to Vader rather than fight him because he exactly. realizes that is better than, than actively doing it. So I wonder because Obi Wan sends him to Yoda. Is it right? is it Yoda's fault? It is. Everything comes back to Yoda making bad decisions. People are going to like boycott our podcast. After I know. That. <laughs> it's all Yoda's <laughs> fault. I was like Yoda. <laughs> No, but it is. It really is. It is. It's it's true. Though. Maybe Yoda is Snoke. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe <laughs> Maybe Yoda is Snoke, and that's why, because he has a complex about being small, that's why he's so big. He's like, oh so big. Can this episode be called Yoda is Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> this is where our logic got us. What can we do? Oh that's the best thing ever. Oh my god. That was so exciting. My voice is squeaking. <laughs> <laughs> I um, think I think this is our official theory for like yeah identity. official episode eight theory Yoda is Snoke. Yes. We're gonna make T-shirts. Yeah, and we're gonna wear them. Happening. We're gonna wear them to Comic Con. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's wear them to New York Comic Con. Yes. And the people <laughs> will throw things at us. I can't wait. Um, okay, oh so let's. I feel like we've sufficiently covered the Jedi. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Anakin and Padme. Okay. And also Anakin's storyline with his mom, because yeah. that's yeah. terrible. Yeah. It's, that's a huge point. Mm-hmm. It's a huge point. And it, it all comes down to, like, it's funny, I was watching this and I was like, I hadn't watched this in years. And after I watched the, like, two or three seasons of Clone Wars, I was like, maybe I really did actually enjoy the prequels. And I just don't remember and then I looked up clips of Anakin and Padme from the prequels, and I'm like, oh, no. No, no. Mistake. <laughs> I was right. Mistake. But it's weird because I do think that there are moments where Hayden Christensen sort of nails the, like, um, innocence and, like, hope that Anakin has. They're very brief. Yeah. They're yeah. very small. But there are very, like, these tiny, tiny glimmers of, like, Anakin – seeing the potential of what his future could be before he's drawn back into his, like, anger and, quite frankly, like, abusive and creepy behavior. Like, he constantly negs her. He, like, is very manipulative and creepy and, like, ugh. But there are moments, and you get a lot more moments in Clone Wars than you do. Yeah, yeah. Like, Clone Wars, there's a much higher balance, I feel like, between you see much more of the man Anakin is and less of the monster. Whereas this was a lot of the monster and less of the man. Yeah. But Hayden Christensen does do a good job of like, just the simmering anger. Like he does, like he does, like, I think he, Preeti is disagreeing with me, (laughs) but I think he does. I think like the one thing Hayden Christensen does well is like, there's just, there's a, he's that he's, one angry dude. Yeah. See, I don't think so because I don't think it's I don't think it comes off as angry. I think it comes off as petulant and whiny. Yeah. Like it, it does come off as that. Yeah. 100%. Does, the yeah. anger, even when he like, I agree that the, again. I think it's the same way with the innocence. There are moments, like there are moments when when he comes out of the tent after Shmi dies in his arms. Like there's that moment that is really terrifying. But every time he's angry about Obi-Wan and every time, even when he was like, like kind of yelling about how he killed all the sand people to Padme, it felt childish. Yeah. But I I like, I like that it's, because it feels a lot like a good parallel to Kylo Ren's anger. Oh, that's true. Like they're both, you can see how like. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I think it worked for me in a way maybe it hasn't in the past, having seen Adam Driver do well, it much better, I think, frankly. Oh, God, yeah. And that's funny because I kept trying to parallel Anakin to Rey. Mm-hmm. So I was like, they're uh-huh. both gearheads. They both, like, they both do the, like, um, dive bomb yeah. pilot both, move. Like, multiple languages. <laughs> like, yeah. They're both they're from both desert I, planets. Right. Yeah. They both have, like, 
the little droid friend. And also, like, I do like the the whine, Anakin's whininess as parallel to Luke's whininess. Yes. Yeah. Like, Luke, Luke has a whininess and the petulance, but not the rage. Right. Anakin, that's true. That's right. true. But interestingly, right, because, like, Shmi dies, right, and, like, all of that bad stuff happens. Luke's, like, his family is slaughtered by the right. Empire, and he's he's sad and he, you know, wants to move on, but like he does. And there is like that whininess and petulance, but he's not like, he's not, he doesn't have that rage underneath. And this is like, these are the people that raised him. Like, I mean, I think part of it is that he wasn't told that he had to stamp that down. Right. Anakin is told that. Yeah. Passion and attachments and feelings in that way are wrong. Yeah. And that a Jedi doesn't succumb to that because it's weak, right? Luke has never been taught. Luke is allowed to work through feelings in a way that Anakin was not allowed to. It's very true. true. Very true, true. yeah. I mean, the other thing, and I just want to go back to it, like, when you said he's taught, when he talks about Obi-Wan and his relationship there, like, that had so much potential. I think they build up to it beautifully, like, in the third, well, Ewan McGregor does a fantastic job. Oh, my God. On Mustafar. Oh. Yeah, just like, oh, my God, you are my brother. I loved you. Oh, it's so good. That scene is so good. I can't wait to watch it because I always watch someone splice together, and I've sent it to you, Sapna. They splice together the scene in A New Hope where Luke is talking to Obi-Wan about his father with that scene and Obi-Wan remembering that scene and it's spliced with Alec Guinness's dialogue and bits of Ewan McGregor and with this like beautiful music. And I like, can't. it's like a minute and a half and it like makes me cry every time. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I'll like preview. I'll I'll find it. It's in my Tumblr somewhere. But like when um, Anakin says at one point, you know, or sorry, Ewan says in this movie, Anakin, you're going to be the death of me. I had to like pause it and be like, oh, because he No, will. that's so brutal. And <laughs> I, I don't think, like, that's one of the like, that's a good callback, right? Yeah. That's yeah. not like a, oh, we need to have, you know, every character that was in the original trilogy and the prequels. That was a good callback because yeah. that is a thing that makes you remember the feeling that you had watching A New Hope. Not just, oh, I recognize that thing. Which, can we talk very quickly? I was trying to figure out timeline. Right. So Dooku, Dooku has the plans, has the, the basic plans for the Death Star, right. for the potential of what the Death Star is going right. to be. But this takes place probably 17 years before Rogue One. It's got to be more. Yeah. No, more, say, than yeah. more than that. Because I would like, say like yeah. 20 years. 20, 25 it's, years, it's right? It's 17 years between um, uh, Sith, Sith and A New Hope. Right. So it's no, got to well, be. It's 19, right? And I think it's. Because Luke's 19. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's 19, 19 and then I think years. it's three years between clones. It's and, three or four. Yeah. Between yeah. So it's like. And. It's like somewhere 22 to 25, I would say. So 22 to 25 years. Yeah. It takes them 22 to 25 years to get from that holographic, actual, fully-looking Death Star to just the plans yeah. of the Death Star in yeah. Rogue One. Well, maybe. Okay, I'm going to go... No, because it's got it. I mean, okay, so the book Catalyst, which was the yes. Rogue One prequel. Have you read it? Okay. Yes, so, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, so it actually is super boring, but it goes into... <laughs> I don't really like his books. Did you read Tarkin? I did. Also. Oh, I did not love that one. No, I, he's very clinical, he like I will say. He's very um, dry. Yeah. Um, but it's a prequel to basically um, to Rogue One. And it basically talks about the way, same way Beth Revis's Jen Erso you know, book talks about Jin Erso's upbringing. It right. talks about that same period, except Galen and right. then building the Death Star. Oh. And but okay. it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily about Galen. Like it's basically people trying to figure out what is this thing that's being. It's it's basically yeah. what's his name, 
Ben Mendelsohn's character, Krennic. Uh, Krennic. Yeah, it's basically, am I remembering this right there? Like, it's Krennic's, like, trying to figure out what is the, like, what is this project, what's going on? There's some, like, and he was pretty high up in the Empire, and he didn't even know it was happening. Exactly. Yeah, like, the entire, like, all of Catalyst, right, it's interesting because, like, it's it's the catalyst for how the Death Star actually gets made, right? Mm -hmm. It's, um... It's the kyber crystals and yeah. like yeah. being able to like harness the power of those different kyber crystals. That's something that only Galen Urso was able to do. Right. And I think right. it takes so, like 20 years for them to build the Death Star or something. Exactly. And to like and to harvest enough crystal like in yeah. order to actually do that, which they couldn't do um, until the Jedi were eradicated. Right. Because right. they were the ones protecting all of those temples. Um, and I believe, well, in addition to others. But. If I remember correctly, they reveal that the Geonosians were building the Death Star in that book before you find out on Rebels. Exactly. Okay. That is correct. Yeah. So, and yeah, tying it back to Geonosia. Yeah. But, um, I was feeling just, so bad for all those Geonosians, by the way, in that, because they get treated they're horribly just getting by the slaughtered. Empire. Yeah. They, they get do. slaughtered. That's like their role, which mm-hmm. is horrible. Yeah. Oh. And then are we supposed to, like, are we supposed to care less because they're an insect race? Like, is that oh, like... But then that's the whole thing in Rebels when Ezra yeah. feels mm-hmm. so deeply for them and wants to help them. Yeah. And Saw is... Saw. Um, we've gotten yeah. very far off Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> but I think people would rather us do this than, like, talk yes, about how terrible Attack of the Clones is. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think... I actually... I don't think this movie is terrible. Yeah. I mean, well, I think it's terrible in a good way, not terrible in a terrible way. I think it's it's like personally, I don't think Phantom Menace really did much for the franchise, whereas there's a lot. I I think there are a lot of a lot more interesting things that connect out from Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And I hadn't actually like I've watched I've rewatched this movie a couple a few times, um, probably not not like super often, but probably once every couple of years or so. But I just fast forward all the Anakin and Padme scenes. So this is my first time watching those, and that was rough. It's just, it's just so brutal so because bad. it's because they're really both crazy. good actors. But I think it's direction. Oh I yeah, it is. yeah, it's direction, direction and dialogue. dialogue. Yeah, dialogue for sure. Yeah, because there should have been moments where there should have been beats. There was not, and moments where there. And I'm not, I wonder if they screen tested them opposite each other at all because they have oh, no chemistry. They have no, no chemistry at all. That was I mean, hard. I don't know. My thing with Attack of the Clones is it does have all of those interesting, and it's a vital piece of the mythology, right? It sets everything up for what will inevitably yeah. become the Jedi's fall, and you know Anakin's transition to Darth Vader. Like it, it does set all of those pieces up, um, but I think. I don't know. I wanted more from this movie. And I think that the Phantom Menace, it has scenes and things that I go back to watch much more than I would ever oh. go back to Attack of the Clones. I agree. Like, Duel of the Fates. Fates. I can yeah. No, no. Just, the just, last, yeah. We yeah. agree that the fight mm-hmm. scene in at the end of the Phantom Menace is one of the best things ever. In the franchise. Period. Yeah, like in the, in, yeah. in the entire Star Wars franchise. Yes, agreed. But it and, doesn't make up for the like hour and a half that came before but it. But this movie, what, one thing that frustrates me about this movie is for a movie with so many action scenes, because alternatively, the opening of Revenge of the Sith, that battle is amazing. Wait, I haven't, I don't remember. Well, oh, there's cool. a battle. It's, I'm it's actually... A, quite dreading watching Revenge of the Sith now because not because I think it's going to be bad, but because I care so much more about Anakin than I did when this movie came out. And I like having watched watched the Clone Wars, having grown to really like feel for his character. I am terrified at how sad I'm going to be at the end of this movie. It's going to be, it's going to be, I haven't watched I haven't watched Revenge of the Sith in a while. I watched the first part of it not too long ago, but that's like the space. There's a space battle at the beginning. And I won't say anything more than that, but that is also brilliant. And so, like, but I don't feel like Attack of the Clones has that brilliant moment of, like, action or, you know. I mean, the closest thing is the mini fight between Dooku and Yoda, because I I do think, I actually really like it. I like, like, I can, that I do remember being in the theater, just that one scene, because, 
We had never seen Yoda fight before. Everybody started clapping when he Everyone yeah, out freaked his... out. Yeah. And yeah. it and was like, awesome. he's like kind of hobbling and stuff. And then like he turns into a like and little ninja. Like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like he, I feel like the movie has terrible graphics except for that scene. Yeah. And I feel like all the money went into the CGI of that fight scene. Which I'm okay with. Which I'm yeah. fine with. Like, it was frustrating, like, leading up to it. My friends and I were watching this last night. We're like, oh, that's where all the money went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That three and a half minute sequence. I wish it was longer, but I thought it was cool. I thought it was it cool, wasn't... but I don't know yeah. about brilliant. It's yeah. not. I think also the, the music. Right. Because yeah. Duel of the Fates yeah. is so iconic. Battle of the Heroes, which is like the music playing during the Revenge of the Sith, is so iconic. And there's. Yeah. I love the music in this, like the love, the, the love theme. I love the soundtrack. It's really beautiful. But I, there's no good battle theme in this. And no, it doesn't have that moment, and it doesn't. No. But it's it's a middle film. That's yeah, but so that's, that's true. But that's but if you think I'm thinking like two towers or like. Oh, I love Tower Two Towers. That's my favorite one. I'm not saying I don't. Preview gonna start throwing things at you. I'm not saying I like every movie in that. Oh, we're gonna do a Lord of the Rings. Oh, we should. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be really fun. We'll do that. Um, But I know those movies like the back of my hand. There's no like. Oh yeah, that's like an remember. Watch. Yeah. Um. But I lost my train of thought. It's gone. Middle movie. If anybody, um, if anybody is a big fan of Lord of the Rings, by the way, Google um, Book Riot and Photo Frodo Ops, and you'll see my my journey through New Zealand photoshopped against. Oh my god! I, I forgot about that. I recreated scenes from Lord of the Rings. It's it's great. It's pretty outstanding. Yeah. Um, all right, Star Wars. Yes, back to yeah, Star Wars. Off, off off the path. Um, um, oh, but not really, because Christopher Lee was playing Saruman and yes, Dooku at and he the plays same a, time. and it's the same character. Like, join he's me. Better, he's better as Saruman, well, I think. Well, because he's, he oh, yeah. Peter Jackson's a good director. Right. Or. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, and his dialogue in this was painful. Like, his Except trash talk. I, I know, I know. so lame. The few yeah. moments of, like, um sass obi-wan sass we get though oh, yeah are excellent yeah yes oh my like, god the um with the like palpable irritation when he sees anakin yes, in the arena, yes. he's just like thanks no it's the, i love that scene because he's like we're coming to rescue you and you and mcgregor literally like looks up at his shackles like looks back at anakin and is like good job yeah <laughs> he's just so irritated it's so good. <laughs> like, oh, also, in action-wise, at the end on Genosha, like, the whole Mace Windu, like, killing Jango Fett. Oh, like, right. That was badass. I mean, not badass, but, like, it was intense, and, like, it lays the groundwork for a lot of other stuff, right? And yeah. that moment with Boba, like, holding his dad's helmet. That's a good shot. Brutal. Yeah, that's like, a really good shot. That was, that was like a highlight, I think. Yeah. And like, just knowing that Mace Windu gets like an actual role and doesn't just brood on the council. Like that was cool too. I mean, that was a cool scene. Although I think they could have set up Django and Boba a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wanted that to mean more, even knowing everything, I still wanted that to mean more than it ended up meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, because it is it, visually, it's cool, but emotionally, I was like, "Yeah, there's not." You're I not emotionally for like five minutes. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, that's that's kind of like my entire problem with this movie, right? Like, there's there's this be- the beautiful love score, right? That plays like for Anakin and Padme. Like, there's all of these, like everything's so set up and you know, like. CGI'd and everything is supposed to be there. Like there's this beautiful shot of like Boba holding his dad's helmet, like all of that stuff. You're supposed to feel these things, but you don't feel them because there's no emotional truth to the movie. And I think that's what makes it so You're just not emotionally invested in these stories. Exactly. Like you're only emotionally invested. Like I am emotionally invested only because I love Star Wars, not because I I love the movie or any of these characters. I mean, like I was saying, like, I didn't care about, like, I care about 
Anakin Skywalker on an intellectual level and what it means that he was Luke's father, but I didn't care about him as an individual yeah. until I watched Clone Wars. And yeah. like, then he broke my heart. <laughs> and he breaks your heart. Yeah. The scene where they go on that weird Force Island. Yeah. And he yes. and he breaks in half when he sees what he becomes. What he becomes. And it yeah. is the fucking saddest thing yeah. that I that like that I was like. This is a 22-minute cartoon, and I am ugly crying. Like, <laughs> how did I care? How did, how did this happen that I all of a sudden care so much about the character? Because it gave you the story you needed. And then in Rebels, when, like, that part of the mask, and you see his eye, and, like, Ahsoka uh, sees his eye during oh the battle. Oh, my God. Like, I can't handle it. Like, I, oh, I, 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 just like, like, I paused oh. it, and I, like, I just, like, lost it. I like, was just, like, waiting for him. Because, because then you, you care. Have, like, you do. Uh, there's this moment in the comics, in the Darth Vader comics, um, where it's which takes place after A New Hope, but before um, Empire Strikes Back, where Darth Vader is captured and they're like shutting him down, basically um, through a series of events which don't matter, but. He goes back to his last moment as Anakin, basically, and has to essentially go through telling all these people that they don't matter again. And, like, he, he like, basically kills Padme again and all of this stuff. And it's brutal. And it's just, like, this this person has been through... And I am not an Anakin apologist. Like, he made his bed. He he gets to lie in it. And in no way is he, is, like, the thing, the horrible things that he has done okay. But he is a tragic figure. He is. And mm-hmm. to a certain is. extent, a victim of circumstance. And this, mm-hmm. these movies, the prequel movies, just do not make a good job, do a good job of making oh. us care about him as a person. It's just... No. How he became Darth Vader. You care more, like you care more about Darth Vader. I feel like than you do about because at least he's like yes. badass and he's like he. <laughs> then you do about yeah. Anakin. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree because even when the moment when Vader turns on the Emperor in Jedi, you're like, you're you're freaking out, right? You're like, yes, yeah. love wins. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. that's what I thought. But we'll go with it. Yeah. It's like, you know, the the father's his his son means more to him. Yeah. And it took him that long to get there and it took him that long to get family back. Right. Like well, what kind of kills me about that, right? And have you guys read Bloodline by Claudia Gray? I am the, halfway through it because I, I lost my copy and I found it like two days ago. Well, it's fantastic, and I love it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, but, like, one of the things that I love in that book, and in some of the comics, too, is Leia's struggle with Darth Vader, right, with her father, and how mm-hmm. she has nothing to reconcile this Done. monster against, because he tortured her, right? right? So, Vader tortured his daughter. He didn't know it was his daughter at this point, right? But it just, that is her entire perception of who her father, who her birth father was. Yeah. And you contrast that to Luke's experience, and it's just, it's so different. And I love getting that other perspective. Yes. Um, and it just, it kind of makes me angry that I don't think he knew that he had a daughter, too. Like, just all of his other stuff. But, uh, yeah. It's just, it is so tragic. Like, right, yeah. because he doesn't know until mm-hmm. Jedi, so, when he's so, like, yeah. Yeah, sister? Yeah. Right. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Ah! Yeah. So he, yeah, Leia never gets that. I'm looking forward to finishing it mm-hmm. and seeing it's, how she balances that because that is an entirely different like experience. Anakin's closest relationship with someone, I guess, is like Ahsoka, mm-hmm. who is yeah. not Padme, right? Yeah. Ahsoka and Obi Wan, or his and Obi Wan, yeah, and Obi Wan, right? But like, even then, I. I feel like there could be like dissertations written on this, <laughs> on this idea of like what it means to be in a position of power, but so close to these people. And like, 
Like, how does the power structure play into all of this? Because originally, Anakin, it wasn't about the power until he needed it, right? Yeah. To keep his family safe Mm -hmm. until the dark side pushed him over. I mean, to that point, right? Like, the thing, like, I understand his arc. I just, I don't believe it, right? Because there's that lack of emotional truth, right? But Right. Like, Qui-Gon being ripped away from him just when he's, like, learning, you know, that he Mm -hmm. has this new future. His mother being ripped away from him. It makes sense that he's terrified that Padme will be taken from him. Right. Right. So that all kind of clicks, like, in a logical way. It just, I I just wish that I felt it a little bit more um, in this movie. Right. And you don't, that's the failing of the prequels, right? The failing is the lack of emotional connection, which is sad. Mm -hmm. Um Wow. We got, deep. We, got, we got very real. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like there's been no laughter for like four minutes. What are people going to think? <laughs> but there's so like it is it is. It is it's I feel like that's so important because that's what, you know, Force Awakens it made us care again. Oh god, yeah. And, and Rogue One. Yeah. Like the new movies made us care, the, and thank I'm so I'm actually so thankful to the Clone Wars. It took me so long to watch the series because oh, so I just okay. did did not care for these movies very much. But like they made me care about them. even even with the like difficult emotional notes, like the the those cartoons made me care about these movies again. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like the the cartoons are. I think the cartoons are essential viewing. Yeah, absolutely. They're canon, and They're, they right. I mean, reason they provide so much depth and they're absolutely like any everyone should watch them now they should no really if you are a star wars fan like not just like i guess like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do but it enriches the experience and if you were if you were disappointed with the um prequels Mm -hmm. if you watch them and if if you love the original trilogy and the new stuff but you're you've been disappointed with the prequels like they're worth watch the clone wars they're worth watching they'll make these characters matter and they'll make i think they'll shift the way you view the rest of the material yeah because the character it's more star wars and it's more star wars More Star Wars is good. I like it. Like, why do we need to make the case for this? I know. Watch it. It's good. And then watch Rebels because that's really good, too. Right. Good. Yeah. Just watch all of it. And read the books. Yeah. the comics. And read the books. And the comics. comics. I'm so behind on the comics. Oh, my God. I know. I'm super behind on the comics. But, like, do it up, man. Do it all. I know. Do it all, friends. (sighs) Is that, are we good? I think that I was. Think yeah. so. I think that I was think. pretty good. Oh, we're yeah, we're at uh, we're an hour, so we can probably wrap this up. Yes. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got some. Let me pull out. Oh, let's see. Oh, so Thea, Thea, do you want to um, go through and tell people where they can find you and any yes. anything you want to pitch? Yeah, sure. Um, so you can find me and Anna Grillo, my partner in crime, who's so um, great. On- She's like the best and the coolest. Although she hasn't watched the Clone Wars series, so. <laughs> and so she I, needs like, to listen to this episode and think of this as a personalized uh, pitch to her about why she needs to watch them. <laughs> Anna, this is what you need to do. <laughs> Uh, you need to watch the Clone Wars right now, and I will give you the preferred viewing order. I've made her sit down and watch, like, episodes <laughs> with me, but she never, like, continues to carry on with the viewing. Uh, yeah. In any case, um, you can find both of us on thebooksmugglers.com. Um, we review a lot of nerdy stuff, including Star Wars uh, stuff. Um, and we also publish short stories. So we're in the middle of our Gods and Monsters season right now. And we just published uh, today, no, yesterday, um, a short story by Jesse Cole Jackson called The Wild, The Waters and Wilds of Winter Street. And it's about two sisters and their adopted parents and a different take on fairy tales and gods and monsters. So I highly recommend it and please come over and visit us. Yes. Booksmugglers.com. Do it. Um, okay. So a quick shout out to our Patreon people. Preeti, I'm going to let you take this one. Thanks. <laughs> and you guys will all find out why in a second. <laughs> uh, so thank you to Otarsis and I, Ben, am very smelly. For the $10 level, um, 
fun story. I'm assuming I no, actually I don't know who this is. It may I think it's happenstance, but I lit my roommate's name is Ben and we joke about how he's very smelly, but I actually think it is happenstance because I don't know who would give us ten dollars. <laughs> um and to Annie, Megan, Claire, and Brian at the $5 level, you are all amazing. And thank you so much for supporting us and the show. You help us to continue to be able to have it be on the internet. Yes. Um, you can find our patron at patreon.com slash Girls. Uh, please also rate us on iTunes. It helps people find the show, I think. Um, um, we will could, be back. Yes. Yes. We're right? Spider-Man. Okay. So, Spider-Man. Yeah, we'll be back next month for Spider-Man after my big European adventure where I'm not going to see it until I get back. I'm literally going to go from the airport to drop my bags off and then go see the movie on the 11th because I've been waiting for so long. I know. And I'm so excited. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I'm excited. Just It's fine. I'm not at, like, I'm fine. I'm happy to see it, but, like, I'm excited to discuss it with you. I'm so excited. So I've literally done nothing but read Spider-Man for, like, the last week for this thing i'm working on for um the sci-fi fangirls hopefully will be up soon if i can get my act together uh a list of spidey comics to pick up before you go see the movie or after you see the movie whatever um also next month revenge of the sith and uh in the meantime you can follow us on twitter at desi geek girls i am at run with skizzers i'm at s krishna um, until next time, we will uh, be online. Yes, you will find us <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, bye, guys. Thank you, Thea. Thank you.